This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Welcome into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, a breaking news edition, Ryan Callahan, because Tennessee has picked up yet another offensive line commitment. Yeah, Tennessee landing four-star offensive lineman William Satterwhite of Akron, Ohio, and uh, and beating out Clemson to, to land him. Uh, a really nice pickup here for Tennessee. Not one that's a, that's a big surprise necessarily, but one that really felt like it could have gone either way for for a large part of the stretch run here in his recruitment. Um, other teams that were involved at, at times over the past few months included Georgia, Alabama, and Penn State. Uh, at one point, Penn State was the favorite this spring, or, or at least felt that it was. So, so there have been some different sort of phases to, to this recruitment. But over the past couple months, it, it, it kind of came down to, to Tennessee and Clemson, and there was at least some thought of other official visits to, to other schools. But he ended up just taking official visits to Clemson and Tennessee last month, and you know admitted to me after uh, you know after settling on the Vols that that he had you know had gone back and forth, and and that that appeared to be the case, and is, is what we were told that at different times Clemson had led, at different times Tennessee had led, and, and both had felt good about their their chances at different times, and and you know he admitted Clemson had the advantage going into the official visit to Tennessee uh, almost two weeks ago now, and that you know coming out of that official visit it kind of felt even or, or, or much closer to even and then just kind of continuing to think about it coming out of that visit uh it, it just eventually shifted toward tennessee a little bit more um with his his opportunity there on the offensive line with all the guys they're losing after this year and uh and, and other factors but i think he felt that the two programs both offered a lot of the same things which is you know kind of what you hear in, in a lot of these battles it all often comes down to relationships and and things like that that you know can provide some some separation sometimes. And in his case, I think it came down to the opportunity and, and just some other, other things that, that he, he liked uh, when he was at Tennessee, but big pickup here for the Vols. You know, anytime you're getting a four-star offensive lineman, uh, interior lineman in this case, I know everybody wants, you know, to, to talk about tackles, but, but to, to get a guy of this, of this caliber and beat out some good programs for him. I think this is a really nice pickup for the Vols and, and someone that I think you could see, you know, very easily being a future starter at, at either guard or center, depending on where he he ends up and 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 how his uh, how his development sort of takes off once he arrives on campus. So nice nice win here for the Vols and uh, and another big piece to add to a to a pretty healthy offensive line class that they're uh, that they're hoping is not finished just yet. There for a while, it felt like several months ago he was on the verge of of committing to Tennessee, uh, and and then it seemed like Clemson pulled even, like you just alluded to and and outlined ultimately it was it was back and forth the last several weeks between Tennessee and Clemson what do you feel like pushed Tennessee over the top 
Yeah, I, th- I think he had a really good official visit to Tennessee. I think that was definitely a big part of it. You know, they had some some offensive line commitments in town. He was able to spend time with uh, able to spend time with guys like like Gage Ginther, the offensive line commitment out of Colorado, and and also you know Bennett Warren, the four star tackle target from Texas, was in on that visit. And you know those those offensive linemen, they, they there's kind of a brotherhood among offensive linemen just anywhere you go. And uh, I think he enjoyed spending time with those guys and the current players on Tennessee's offensive line and things like that. Um, so, it, so just the, the relationship there and, and just the, uh, you know, the opportunity again, you know, I think he sees a real, a real chance for himself, not to, not to necessarily come in and be a day one starter because most offensive linemen, I think are, are pretty realistic uh, that, you know, if you're not a five star, you're probably not just counting on coming in and being a day one starter, knowing that's such a developmental position. But I think he knows that either way, whether it's freshman year, sophomore year, whatever, that there's a real chance for him to to carve out a role for himself, knowing that Tennessee loses potentially a, you know, maybe up to seven offensive linemen after this year. It's a pretty big group of seniors and and draft eligible guys who could be gone after this year, depending on what what decisions they might make. You know, one or two guys with the COVID year that they still could use, but it is uh it is going to be a big group of of departures after this season, and that that means opportunity for guys like William Satterwhite. So I think he. He liked the opportunity there. Was always intrigued by the chance to play in the SEC. I think you know Georgia and Alabama were intriguing for similar reasons, and and just uh, you know yeah had only been to Tennessee once before that official visit, and and again was leaning, you know it had swung back toward Clemson with that official visit to Clemson in early June, and, and for a few weeks there the Tigers I think felt they were in good shape, and then the official visit to Tennessee kind of helped to swing the swing the pendulum back Tennessee's way. And they were they were able to build on that over the past couple of weeks and ultimately landed. I'm going to put you on the spot, Ryan Callahan. Your Cardinals just beat down my Yankees over the weekend, and uh, I'm about to come up and in with a fastball high and tight on you to to, to pay back since since I can't actually pay you back via your Cardinals. <laughs> uh, and I need you to be honest. Do, do you give us the Boy Scout code of of honor here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever, whatever you got. Let's uh, let's see what high heat you got. All right. Well, we're, we're about to see. I mean, I'm Chase Dolander coming up and in on you. It's, okay. it's it's been an interesting week for Tennessee and Clemson. Earlier this week, Clemson gets uh, Ronan O'Connell from the mid state, uh, picks Clemson over Tennessee, uh, and then now here on on Friday, William Satterwhite picks Tennessee over Clemson. Who's getting the better offensive lineman from from the people that you talk to, Ryan Callahan? Oof, man, this is a tough call. I've I've gone back and forth on this a little bit myself, uh, just looking at these two guys. I think they are they are built a little bit differently. Um, I I I personally think both are going to be really good players, and I think I think I'm a big Ronan O'Connell fan. I think he's a better player than the than the you know the three star rating might suggest. Both these guys have around 35 offers. You know, you could point to the to the Alabama and Georgia offers for for William Satterwhite as a as a sign of of him maybe having a, a higher ceiling or being higher regarded by some, some different programs. So I, 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 I think you can definitely make the case that Tennessee is getting the better, the, at least the higher ceiling player, maybe in some, in some ways, but, but O'Connell's a little bit longer and, and maybe a little less polished at this point. So that's, that's the one thing, but I really like Satterwhite's feet, how quick he is uh, for an interior guy. You know, he's not a, He's not a 6'3", 330 mauler right now. He's he's closer to 300 and, and pretty athletic, but yet has this nice sturdy base that's going to still be able to that, – that, that already has some pretty good strength levels and is just going to be able to continue to add to that once he gets in a college weight room. So I, I think he has a nice foundation for a guy who's got a chance to 
to be a, a really good long-term, you know, potentially long-term starter if he can can reach his potential and, and, and settle in quickly at Tennessee. He'll be an early enrollee next year, so that's a, that's always a big deal for guys to get started early. So uh, I, I don't think the gap between those two is is very big, and that's a, that's a reason Tennessee was, you know, willing to take both of those guys and, and potentially sign three interior linemen in this class, even though they – that wasn't as big of a need for them as tackle in this class. They weren't just looking to take three interior guys. It's just, they would have, if they could have gotten Ronan O'Connell and William Satterwhite. So I, I think they're pretty close, honestly. And that's, uh, that's, that's not a cop out. I've had a tough time deciding between those two. I would, I would maybe lean Satterwhite just based on how sort of polished he is right now. And, and again, the quickness and athleticism he shows, but I think, I think O'Connell, there's a lot to like about him too. He's, he's pretty lean, pretty athletic himself. And, uh, has a little bit more length. Uh, Satterwhite, I think, more in the six-three range. So that you know that that obviously limits his ability to maybe swing out to tackle in a pinch. O- O'Connell closer to six-four and a half. So you could maybe maybe have some more positional versatility with him. But they're both really good players, and I think both will have really good, really good college careers just based on what I've seen. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I, I put you on the spot, but I, I don't think that's a cop-out answer at all. I I. I genuinely believe that both are very similar prospects uh and overall ability is neck and neck like i i, I think you really got to split hairs to, to pick one or the other i was more so bringing up that conversation just because of the oddity that one offensive lineman picks clemson over tennessee early in the week and and then a couple of days later a different offensive lineman picks tennessee over clemson uh so that that is quite the the storyline there uh, you, you mentioned that Mr. Satterwhite is an interior offensive lineman, and and I realize that most interior linemen are interchangeable. Uh, but do you have a, a feel for for whether he is is going to end up as a guard or uh, as a center, or or does that even matter? I mean, an interior offensive lineman is it's is typically just an interior offensive lineman, and, and like I mentioned, they're pretty interchangeable and and can play either or. Well, they, they, they definitely can be in his case, like a lot of high school linemen, you know, he's played some tackle, he's played some guard. He, he's got the experience at both of those, but he, he's not, he's not a center by trade. And that's, that's pretty common these days that you sort of take a guy who can play guard and you make him a center. We, we kind of, you know, the, Cooper Mays is not the, uh, is not what you always see at center. You know, that's, that's a kid who played center in high school. You know, often it's a Jerome Carvin type guy who played tackle in high school becomes a guard in college and then you teach him center and, and he filled in there obviously during his time at Tennessee. So uh, very possible Satterwhite could end up at guard, but it's just a sort of projection thing. And they just, you, you sort of just have to get him on campus and see how they, how they adjust to, to snapping. And, and, you know, that's not an easy transition for a lot of guys, you know, Addison Nichols has talked about that, um, you know, during his time working at center at, at Tennessee, how tough that was for him that first spring and that's that's the case for a lot of guys so you you got to see how well they do it and, and how how much of a transition that's going to be for them and, and just who who your best option is at that position you know sometimes you just see how they all look and then sort of pick one and 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 it's who you think has the highest ceiling maybe as a center so it's it's hard to say for sure but but he's definitely i think uh someone who's who's likely to start off at a guard uh and and you know, we'll, we'll probably get a look at center based on his build and, and skill set. Very easily could end up at center. It's just hard to say that he for sure will. But I think his build does kind of lend itself to that. You know, that doesn't mean, I mean, Javante Spragans certainly has that kind of build too and has, has stayed at guard. So you just don't know. And, and remember Spragans, Tennessee's former staff, found him when he was snapping 
at Tennessee's seven on seven tournament a few years ago. So, you know, even in his case where he had some snapping experience, he ended up at guard. So it really is hard to forecast those things sometimes. And it just depends on a lot of times what other options you have at that, at that position that might be more natural or more experienced or whatever, but he, he's a good option at either spot and could be, uh, I think a really good player, no matter where he ends up on the inside. Tennessee's offensive line class in 2024, this recruiting cycle is is fascinating, and, and we will touch on that uh, on the other side of this break because we do need to take a break here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Money! eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, a breaking news edition because Tennessee has picked up a pretty significant commitment in William Satterwhite, an interior offensive lineman from Akron, Ohio discussing his commitment with Ryan Callahan. And before we continue our conversation, would like to ask you to go like, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast. That would greatly help us, and we would greatly appreciate it as well. Ryan, I mentioned before the break that Tennessee's current offensive line class is is pretty fascinating. I mean, they're, they're on track to take uh, six guys, possibly, <laughs> if if the, the right uh, – Guys become available uh, coming up. They already have four now uh, is is the point that I'm getting to. Uh, William Satterwhite, Gage Ginther, Max Anderson, Jesse Perry. Uh, they're also in it real deep with with Bennett Warren, the offensive tackle from from Texas. Uh, I, I think they're still trying to kick the tires with, with Brandon Baker, the five-star offensive lineman from Texas as well. Uh, just wh- where do you see – or I should say California, not Texas with Brandon Baker. But, uh, Ryan, where do you see – Tennessee's offensive line class currently it's it's a nice class with with nice offensive line prospects in my opinion I'm I'm really high on on the four guys Tennessee is bringing in and I'm not just saying that just to say that everybody thinks that every commitment that every school gets is a good get at the time we've we've joked about that in the past but uh, I I really do believe in the, the four prospects that they're bringing in but they seem like four prospects that are destined to be on the interior 
of the line. So I I think there's a, a nice balance right now of of recognizing that the offensive line class as a whole is a real good one, but they, they do need to make sure that they add a true tackle. And the good news is that it's July and not December. Well, it, it is now. What, now, one thing to clarify: they do they do have what in their mind at least a couple of likely tackles in this class. Uh, Jesse Perry at six foot six. You know, they obviously envision him playing tackle. And Gage Ginther, they they've always seen as a as a right tackle, and they love his athleticism. So they, I think, they envision those those guys playing tackle. And there's also the possibility, even though you look, and I would say strong possibility. When you look at the commitment list, this is not reflected because he's a defensive lineman, but Jeremiah's heard very easily could end up on the offensive line. And with his length, uh, I would be surprised if he's not a tackle, if he ends up on the offensive line. So there's a chance Tennessee already has three tackles in this class. So I, I don't think the situation at tackle is, is quite as dire as, as some, some fans might be thinking it is, but you still want uh, to, to that point, you want a higher ranked, higher ceiling guy, obviously, or, or maybe not higher ceiling, but a more established guy. You know, Jeremiah's Hurd is a guy with very little experience, uh, you know, almost no experience really as an offensive lineman. He played tight end last year, but but not not really a, a guy who's who's played tackle. That's not the end of the world, but you know, he's just he's just raw and and just played football as a junior for the first time since middle school. So you want to you want a guy that's uh you know you'd love to get a four star type of Bennett Warren uh, to to cap off that that class, even if you do like the long term potential of a of a Jesse Perry or, or, or Gage Ginther, who I think a lot of people feel is, um, you know, a, a bit overlooked in this class as, as a really nice player that has a chance to be a, uh, a, you know, a future starter type player uh, down the road. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how they, how they continue to address their need there, but it's obviously a big need. And, and you touched on the numbers they already have, you know, they've, they've got four and again, you know, potentially five with, with Jeremiah's herd, if he ends up on the offensive line already in this class, you know, the, the working number I've sort of been going on is is six, maybe seven, honestly. And seven was probably only if you could have gotten uh, another interior guy like like Ronan O'Connell. But even without him, I think Tennessee definitely wants to add uh, a, another tackle type to this class. So if, if you if you can get Bennett Warren, you know, that just that might just about finish things off, depending on what else they can find this fall or if, if any any other opportunities turn up. Uh, if you don't get Bennett Warren, you know, then, then you wonder, does Tennessee sort of reset a little bit, circle back to anyone they might have not gone after as hard that might already be committed to another school or, you know, find some other guys to offer this fall because that would, you know, you, you ideally would, would like another tackle type to, to add to this class, just given what Tennessee is losing after this season and sort of their, their shortage of depth at tackle going into this season even so. Uh, and, and I still think there's a good chance they're going to be looking in the transfer portal for for a tackle after this season, probably regardless of how that turns out, because you potentially could be losing both starting tackles after this year. You know, we'll have to wait and see how things play out with Gerald Mincy. But we, we, we know John Campbell is, uh, is is in his final year of eligibility, so he'll be gone. Um, Jeremiah Crawford is a senior. You know, we'll have to see how things play out with him and Mincy. But there's a chance you lose at least a couple of those guys and, and need two new starting tackles going into next year. That's not an ideal situation to to not have someone ready to step in. And, and so they'll, they'll probably be looking at at least seeing what's out there in the transfer portal either way. So this is going to be a big group of offensive linemen coming in, and, and they're definitely not done uh, adding to it. I think at least ideally you'd add one more high school guy and then see what's out there in the portal. 
Give us a quick update on Bennett Warren. Uh, it, it feels like at this point, as the summer wraps up, it, it feels like he's the the last true big name on the board. Uh, again, I mentioned Brandon Baker earlier, but I, I don't know how realistic that is. I, I think that they're they're just holding out hope at, at this point. Uh, but Brandon Baker aside, it, it seems like Bennett Warren is is kind of the guy on the board right now after Daniel Calhoun commits to Georgia, Ronan O'Connell uh, moving on to Clemson, and, and then obviously William Satterwhite committing to Tennessee today. Uh, give us an update on uh, Bennett Warren. Yeah, that's that. That was been really interesting since his official visit to Tennessee, and I, and I shouldn't have glossed over uh, Brandon Baker, as you said. I do think he's going to be a tougher pull for Tennessee, but they are at least trying to get him back on campus uh, later this month during uh, during that one open week where players can take visits again. So um, th- there's a chance he makes it back to Knoxville, and if he does, um, then, then maybe that that opens the door for Tennessee to become more of a factor there. But a lot of people think right now he's leaning toward either Texas or Ohio State. Um, he's also taken an official visit to Georgia. So obviously some heavy hitters involved in that one. And then that doesn't even include Oregon, who a lot of people have seen as the team to beat for a while in that one. So I think Tennessee clearly would have some ground to make up on at least a few teams, even if he does make it back to Knoxville. But that's one where if you get him back on campus for a second time in, in a few months, then, then hey, clearly anything is possible. And, and and we'll have to wait and see also, does he make a summer decision or take things into the season? That's That's one other variable in his recruitment if he takes things into the season maybe Tennessee gets an official visit and and it could become a little more interesting but yeah I I think he's realistically going to be a tough pull so that's why Bennett Warren is so important to Tennessee and why I think you saw them take such a big swing at him during his official visit to Knoxville uh, uh, almost two weeks ago now and that that visit went really well and and he's a guy that you know I've touched on this before the sort of the 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 reputation he has is that a lot of his visits he comes away really impressed and he sort of rides the 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 visit high a little bit and and and, you know it's hey there's a reason for that every school puts on a good show when you're visiting those types of programs right but that that also can make him hard to read at times so coming off that visit we knew Tennessee had sort of you know blown him away a little bit but we also wondered a few days later does that have staying power or does Michigan the team that we thought was the team to beat going in were they just too much to overcome or was one really impressive visit to Tennessee enough. Well, we come out of that visit and a few days later, we're hearing it's a Tennessee-Texas A&M battle. And and really, even coming out of that visit, I started to hear that, but I wasn't sure whether to believe it because we've been hearing Michigan so strongly. Well, we hear more Tennessee-Texas A&M. And so then he pops up on Instagram on Wednesday with with a a graphic in his Instagram story showing him in in a Tennessee uniform and a Michigan uniform and asking him which school to go to. And I heard I heard the same day from some sources that it is now a Tennessee Michigan battle again, um, not not so much Texas A and M. So still time for that to change. Obviously, he is still down the road from Texas A and M, not not far away in Sugarland, Texas. So um, I wouldn't count out the Aggies yet, but that one's had some swings in there. And obviously, the interesting thing is Tennessee's kind of the common denominator, no matter who the competition is. So I think Tennessee has a real shot. It's it's still. Remains to be seen how long he'll wait to make a decision, but the Vols really have done a good job with him and, and have a chance to have a, have a chance to land him, which is more than people probably would have thought three weeks ago going into that official visit. They, they really did a good job on that visit and uh, I, I think have, have really sold him on his opportunity as a, as a tackle. Um, there's some other, other factors he's still considering, including academics. I think his family is really interested in academics and Michigan is appealing for that reason because of their academic reputation. So, what wins out in the end? It's it's sometimes hard to say, but 
Tennessee has some things working in their favor that I think uh, you absolutely could see them win that one. Uh, and they're going to keep fighting, obviously, all the way to the finish for that one because he is, again, far and away their most realistic option at tackle right now. And that's a pretty big need for Tennessee in this class, obviously. Last thing I want to touch on before we get out of here is the the numbers. I, I like that Tennessee is going to take uh, several offensive linemen uh, in this class, uh, and it's, it's going to follow up uh, taking several from, from last year's class as well. I, I believe they took four, uh, if I remember correctly, off the top of my head. Um, yes, four. Sham, Larry Johnson the third, Aiden Bustle, Vison Lang, and, and then they brought in two transfers as well. I, I like the, the numbers and the amount of linemen that they're bringing in because it is a developmental position, and I think that you need to, to kind of take as many as you can for, for the sake of surely – if you take four to six, then then one or two of them are going to pan out for sure. Obviously, the more you bring in, the the, the more likely it is that, that you get one that pans out. So I, I think from that perspective alone, uh, with it being a developmental position, I, I think it's smart for them to, to bring in as, as many as they're planning on bringing in. Uh, I would agree, and and you know, I when I first heard the 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 possibility of Tennessee taking up to seven offensive linemen, whether it was seven high school kids or or or, or seven including a transfer or whatever, um, I I, I kind of thought, well, wow, that's a big number, but I didn't realize right away that it's partly because Tennessee could lose seven guys after this season. We just you know, again, we don't know for sure what's going to happen with some of those players. You know, you've got guys like like Cooper Mays, like, like Gerald Menti that had the option of coming back, but you've got, you've got Javante Spragans, Cooper Mays, Ollie Lane, and John Campbell that are all seniors. Jeremiah Crawford is a senior. Gerald Menti is a draft eligible, but fourth year junior. So, he, you know, he, he may or may not want to come back for year five, depending on how this year goes for him. And, uh, and I believe there's another senior that, that I'm blanking on off the top of my head or someone else who, who could be an option to leave. So that, there is a chance that seven guys at that position leave after this season. So it almost could be a one for one replacement deal, even if you bring in seven, as crazy as that is. So it, it's kind of a necessity for Tennessee to get at least six, I think, new bodies on the offensive line just to make sure they've got the numbers roughly where they want them. Uh, and then the whether you end up with six or seven, you know, maybe just depends on on who you can get and 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 I you know again I think there's a good chance they're going to be looking in the transfer portal for, for some tackle help just because of the the very real possibility that they're they're losing not just one but potentially two starting tackles after this season so uh, it's a it's a big big need you know it's been it's been talked about for a while but it is it is a uh, there's a reason people are focusing on that position Tennessee obviously needs kind of the next generation of guys at that spot and you've got some interesting players in those past two classes that you know Addison Nichols and. Bison Lang and Sham, Sham Umarov, you, you've got some nice pieces there, but got to wait and see who emerges from that group. No one's really established themselves as a a, a likely future starter. Maybe Addison Nichols. Uh, it looks like he, he he may be you know sort of next in line out of that group, but a lot of guys that still need to step forward. So especially with that being the case, it's a big need, and there's a chance to sell some playing time to guys uh, with that opportunity being there. And you also never know who's going to enter the transfer portal in today's day and age yep. of, of college football. So uh, that's on top of the, the guys graduating. So uh, I, I like the, the 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 prospects that are coming in. I, I have liked the prospects that Glenn Ellerby and Josh Heupel have brought in since they've been here. But also at, at some point, 
the the clock starts to tick and and you got to start developing these guys not that they're not already developing these guys but in the sense of like these guys got to be ready to produce at, at some point so uh, we'll, we'll certainly keep an eye on that moving forward ryan how can people keep an eye on your coverage of this busy july moving forward yeah, check, check out GoVols247.com. Just, just $1 to sign up for the first month on the site and uh, and keep track of of all of our coverage, which, as you, as you said, there, there's there's news pretty much daily at this point, even if it's something small that's potentially big this time of year. So there's uh, there's stuff happening all the time and some more announcements coming up. You know, Bray, Braylon Russell, the four-star running back, announcing a week from today. Uh, I think there's some other guys working toward mid-July decisions, potentially uh, Edwin Spillman. Uh, p- perhaps four-star cornerback Kai Bates. Um, there, there's there's some other guys that, that could be making decisions in the not-too-distant future, and, and then we'll have to see about the timeline for some others, like Bennett Warren that we mentioned. So lots happening, lots that will continue to happen over the next few weeks, and check it all out at GoVols247.com. Ryan, thanks as always for your insight. Absolutely. Thanks, Ben. For Ryan Callahan, I am Ben McKee. This has been another edition of the GoVols 24-7 podcast. There's that button, and now I can say... Thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock. Got the checkerboard and the summit where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That, that is so much stuff, so much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. 
less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.